This episode of Reality Escape Pod is brought to you by Morty, the Escape Room World Championship, Buzzshot, and Patreon supporters like you. Buzzshot is customer satisfaction software for your escape room business. They offer an assortment of pre and post game features, including robust waiver management, branded team photos, and streamlined review management for Yelp, TripAdvisor, Google Reviews, Morty, and more. Maxime from Immersia in Canada was a Repod guest, and he is also a Buzzshot customer. And he says, Buzzshot has helped us streamline the customer and game master journey in order to make it seamless from the moment of the booking, which includes integrations with major booking and mailing platforms, to the moment players get their group picture, all the way to capturing customer satisfaction data via surveys. Tom and his team are extremely responsive and offer world-class support for what I consider to be a world-class platform for any escape room business. If you'd like to give Buzzshot a try, our listeners can get a two-week full-featured free trial and 20% off their first three months using the code REPOD2022. That's R-E-P-O-D-2022. You can learn more at buzzshot.com slash free demo. Details in the show notes. Welcome to the Reality Escape Pod, your lifeline when you need a getaway from the real world. I'm David Spira, alongside my co-host, PG Law. Together, we're exploring immersive gaming from all angles, and we'll be joined by guests who really know their stuff. Today's guests are Teresa Wagner and my lovely wife, Lisa Spira. We're trying something different with this season opener. We're going to talk a little about what's coming in season four, because it's different. And then we'll be doing a little Recon Boston recap, because it was a magical experience that both of our guests helped create. Welcome, Teresa and Lisa. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm sad I didn't get the lovely not-wife Teresa Wagner intro, but that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> lovely is not really the word I would use to describe you. <laughs> Chaotic idiot. It's all good. <laughs> I understand. Passionate and enthusiastic. I <laughs> so the first thing that some of you may be noticing is that during the mailbag episode, we got a little bit of feedback on the audio quality and things of that nature, which we decided to go and throw a whole bunch of money at, and we leveled up our microphones. So Lisa, PG, and I are all on the same microphones, the same preamps, and hopefully everything is sounding really crisp. Woohoo! Your Patreon dollars are hard at work. We do reinvest in the podcast. Seriously, thank you all for buying us new microphones. That's something that we have worked on. But the other thing that we decided to do for this season is give it a theme, which is something that we hadn't done before. I'm not certain we're going to do it every time. We probably won't. But this time we have one. And starting with episode two... The next one we're going to be publishing, each episode this season, we will be interviewing escape room creators from different countries. I'm really excited about the format for this season because I'm really excited to just pinpoint focus on escape rooms. 
Yeah. And so we have put a lot of effort into finding different guests. They're all from different countries. Most of our guests have been from the United States because that's where we know the most people. But this season, we only have one guest who is from the U.S., present company excluded. And we've already recorded about half the season, given that we have a lot of escape room creators. We've worked really hard to figure out how we can do that in a way where the interviews won't start to feel samey. So we wanted to give you a little preview of that. We have a few guests that we'll tell you about. The first is Dimitri from Paradox Project in Greece, which I've played his games. They're gigantic. They're like three and a half hour games and they are amazing. We also had Leanne and Aaron from Next Level Escape in Australia. And they spoke at the previous virtual recon. They gave a whole talk about how they were coming up with new game mechanics to build escape rooms around and helping people figure out how to do that themselves. And we had a delightful conversation with them. And to get you in the Halloween mood, we have Alexander from Logic Locks in the Netherlands. And we discuss catacombs which is one of the scariest games i've played and they do some really amazing things with immersion and game mastering there and it's a really interesting talk is catacombs really the scariest game you played i think you played a lot more scary games even on that trip it was pretty scary and it has one of the best endings of any game i've ever played it really does it's very metal we also talked to Jonathan and Sasha from Escapearium in Canada, and they are doing some absolutely bonkers stuff on a grand scale. I could not even imagine. You guys have to go play it and see it for yourselves. And he's also got kind of an escape room haunt situation going on. So that is a really interesting episode. You guys should definitely check it out. And then the last one we're going to preview for you was that we interviewed Tasha from Project Avatar in Ukraine. And as you might be guessing right now, that is a heavy episode, probably the heaviest episode that we've ever recorded or ever hoped to. It was hearing her story, both the stories that she shared about her family, as well as about her business and her employees. It was heartbreaking. It was incredible. That whole crew there, they're all kind of mad geniuses, and I have the utmost respect for their work and what they were doing even before all of this. And the fact that they have figured out how to continue through all the chaos, it's really inspiring. It's not the kind of inspiration that anyone really wants to have, but seeing what they're doing, it it's impressive. And I hope that everybody tunes into that episode because she tells some stories that need to be told. I literally have chills like when you said that and thinking back and remembering that episode that we recorded. It is heartbreaking, but it was so inspiring, actually. It was the main thing that I got out of it. Yeah. So one thing I will say, this isn't an ad or anything. They're not paying for it. But Project Avatar is running virtual games from Ukraine. Their games are nuts. I strongly recommend checking them out. And you should consider booking them if you're looking to play something virtual they can truly use the money right now. So if you're looking for that sort of thing, check them out. Also, their website, it's very them. I love Project Avatar, and it is one of those games I think 
is fun to play regardless, regardless of whether you're able to travel or not, if you're under quarantine or not. So definitely go check it out. We have a really exciting lineup this season. We've got even more guests that we are still going to record with. We have guests from South Africa, from Israel, and a few other countries to be announced. We're not hitting every single country in the world right now, or even in the world of escape rooms, but we're going to continue working on it well after this season. But we decided that for this one, we were going to just put a focus on international guests, and we hope that you enjoy it. Let's move on to Recon Boston 2022, because that's the thing that kind of devoured all of our lives for the last many months. Lisa, Teresa, we did it. I can't believe it. I'm in utter shock still, and it's like a month later. (laughs) I knew that you guys would pull this off. And for any of our listeners who somehow have made it through this podcast without hearing about what Recon is, it is the Reality Escape Convention that we held in Boston this past August. And it was an escape room convention for owners, creatives, and enthusiasts. Lisa, let's share the story about why we gathered in Boston why we capped it at 250 people. There's a lot of different things going on here. Recon Boston was an interesting event to plan. We started planning it in 2019 for August of 2020, and that didn't work out. So after hosting digitally twice, which was really fun, we were finally able to bring this event to Boston, to the Boston Marriott Cambridge this past August of 2022. We had 250 people attend from all over the country and from Canada, the UK, and also from continental Europe. And it was awesome. We capped the number of people in part because when we were planning this during the pandemic, we couldn't gather large amounts of people in a single venue. That was almost the cap of what we could do when we were planning for this. And so we worked with that to figure out what was the best event we could possibly make for that group. And we combined talks with socializing, with playing games, and Boston turned into a really incredible market to host this in. I think that's one of the key things that I don't think people will realize, even if they were there. And that is that when we were planning this, two of the bigger events that we worked into recon weren't a thing and that was level 99 and 100 earth days so when the opportunity started to arise and we were doing all of the planning and making all the key decisions these new impressive things existed and we decided why don't we just fold them all in but they didn't even exist in 2019 And Boston just turned into this incredible place. It was always going to be a good place. And a lot of that was the culture of the owners and the enthusiast community in Boston is just a delight, which, Teresa, you've done a lot of our outreach and coordination. What are your thoughts on that? Something crazy about Boston is that it is such a small concentration of such interesting, different things that kind of fall under the puzzle bubble. So for example, as David was talking about Level 99 and Bodeborg, those are both in the best way possible escape room theme parks. 
there are lots of little escape rooms or puzzle rooms or physical activity rooms, things that involve tasks that you don't necessarily know when you enter that are in that market that really don't exist many places inside of the U.S. among many other amazing escape room companies. I mean, we brought folks to Boxeroo, Red Fox, and Trapology, And that's just a little tiny, small 20-minute bubble around the hotel. So Boxeroo designed this awesome large group game that can scale up to as many people as they have running it, which is called 100 Earth Days. That is a giant room of lots of people doing different things at the same time for the same ultimate goal of surviving 100 Earth Days on their way to Mars. 100 Earth Days is kind of a cluster duck of just many different people <laughs> running around doing many different things in a large room and it landed with some people and it didn't land with other people and that's what I loved about Recon was that we could really be experimental with the different types of immersive gaming that we could provide to our attendees. What you just talked about is something that was at the heart of what we were doing with Recon which was that we tried in every instance to not play it safe. We tried to take risks and we would rather have things that people loved and hated than everyone was just sort of okay with. We wanted to expose people to more extremes and that extended through all the games. Boda Borg and level 99 are certainly things that you're either going to love or you're going to walk away saying, oh, wow, that was decidedly not for me. And same thing with 100 Earth Days. And we did that also with the talks, which when we met with all of the speakers and Lee-Fei Lo, who has been on the podcast a couple times, she and I did all of the producing of the speaker sessions. We did a couple of things that felt really risky at the time. The first was that we had only six talks for a two-day conference, which if you have gone to most other escape room conferences, it's just like a giant mess of speakers. There's speakers everywhere. There's three speakers going on at once, and you have to decide which one you want to go to. And you play what I call conference roulette, where you have no idea if any of these are good. What we decided to do was really work with the speakers that we had and make sure that they were doing a few things that we felt was essential to it. One was that their content was great and that their delivery of it was as well. But beyond that, we wanted each speaker to take some big risks with the audience, to trust the audience to go with them. And the last piece that we asked them to do was to make sure that the talk they were giving had to be given in person because that's what we started working on doing for virtual recon. We wanted those talks to feel like it made sense that they were being done virtually, that there are things that just worked better when it was delivered over a computer than if that talk had been delivered in real life. What I loved was that the talks didn't feel like I was being lectured at, you know, and there were demonstrations. There were a lot of physical demonstrations of the different points they were trying to make. It was one of the things that we were most excited about and also most nervous about because we did all of the rehearsals over Zoom. And some of these things did not land over Zoom. I'll give you an example. We had Caro Murphy, who is a LARP creator who has been working on the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. 
they did a whole session on acting for participation. And this was diving into the deep end. It was a mix of both kind of academic thought and then also actionable lessons. And the thing that was amazing about those lessons is that they're useful even if you don't have actors in your games. And they owned that stage. I mean, they're a professional performer, a professional LARP performer. And I, as a regular public speaker myself, sat there watching them own that stage and do these live demos and have this presence that was so cool that I just sat there thinking, I wish I could bottle up just a tiny piece of that because I cannot strut on a stage like that. I I can't strut in real life. I, I just can't strut. My favorite thing about that talk was that people started using those techniques immediately. You saw people standing in groups in the hallway or the lobby change their demeanor and their way of talking to be more inclusive. And just you could just see them trying out these techniques. They weren't just for actors. They were for interacting with groups as a person in a group. Yeah, one of the points was about opening up a circle, you know, when a group of people stands in a circle and they're talking and about angling your shoulder to open up the circle into a C instead of a closed off thing. And I saw people doing that in discussion groups afterwards, and it was really cool. It was so neat seeing a talk just completely change the tone and the way that people operated at the entire event. We also had Haley and Cameron Cooper from Strange Bird Immersive they did a talk on the magic circle, which was all about where the world begins for the players in your experience. And they walked through all of the different places that you can put that barrier. But mostly what they did was they underscored why you needed to commit. Once the players crossed that barrier, you needed to really stick with it. And they did a brilliant and beautiful job of illustrating that point. And they took a lot of risks in having a performative element. The last 10 minutes or so of their talk was a performance with light and sound effects. A quick costume change. (laughs) Haley disappeared off the stage and then the Raven Queen reemerged. And I was like, what is happening? It, It was so cool. And you never see this, at least I don't, you never see this kind of stuff at like a conference when you're just expecting to sit there and, you know, have a talk and take notes and things like that. Next up, we had Mayor Christensen and Kevin Duffy from the city of Malden, and they gave a talk about the Malden Gaming District, how it came about, and they literally have a section of their city that has tons of immersive games. And they also gave a lot of really interesting information about what governments in general value from escape rooms and immersive games and how to better work with governments, both to get your facility opened and to pass all of the inspections that you're going to need to pass. And also, if you want to push further and try and help your local government try and put more of a focus on this kind of entertainment, they have some remarkably valuable information about how to go about doing that. They gave a lot of information about zoning, how to work with your local like commissioners and all of your local like public safety departments. So I, I just found it so interesting and useful in that way. Yeah, they did a great job. It also had one of my favorite moments of recon, which was when somebody had asked about the timing of how long it took for Bodeborg to go f- from proposal to approval. 
And I can't remember the exact answer, but Mayor Christensen gave like the most New England answer I've ever heard where he was using like, oh, well, it started the night that the Pats won the AFC championship and ended some other time. That is the land I grew up in where the Patriots are used for timekeeping. Stay New England, Mayor Christensen. (laughs) (laughs) Then we had at level 99, we had Victor Hung and Matthew DuPlessis, who Victor was the CTO of level 99. He's now off working on his own thing. And Matthew DuPlessis, who is the CEO of level 99, also of Five Wits. Victor gave a killer talk on technology and not just designing the tech for the escape rooms and for the player experience, but thinking through all of these things about how you handle resets and how you go about selecting your tech. And he gave this incredibly concise, straightforward breakdown. And it didn't matter whether you are an experienced engineer or someone who is new to this and trying to figure it all out. He broke it down so well and kept things so actionable. Well, because his talk was not about how to build the tech, it was how to think about what you need to build. And when he showed the system that he had for resetting Storyteller's Secret, he got an ovation in the middle of his talk. It was hilarious. So what got the ovation, he's also one of the owners at Boxeroo. And in their most recent game, Storyteller's Secret, they have a whole reset mode. And when it gets activated a little projector turns on and it projects a to-do list for resetting the game. And every single time the game master resets one of those things, the sensor realizes it has been reset and then it removes it from the to-do list. And so it can't exit reset mode until you've reset it perfectly. And when all of the owners in the room and all the players When everyone saw what they're doing, he got a standing ovation for that design element, which is just so brilliant. When I played that game at Boxeroo, they showed that to me and I turned to the game master and was like, can I reset the room for you? And they let me because they knew it would be right. And I was so blown away by this tech. And I was almost late to my flight because I was drooling over the tech and telling them how much I loved it. Yeah, it's just beautiful. And then the whole event was wrapped up by Matthew DuPlessis, who gave a very challenging talk, because Matthew is sort of a challenging character. He has been in this space really longer than anyone. Five Wits was founded in 2004, before escape rooms were even remotely a thing. And he's been working on figuring out how to do this stuff at large scale for a very long time. And he gave his story and also issued a whole bunch of challenges, really asking people to reflect on the business model and the sustainability of what it is they're creating. And we knew that his talk was going to rile people up. What was interesting to me was different people were wound up by different elements of his talk. It wasn't all the same thing, but we wanted to send people back out into the world armed with all of this new knowledge that they had gained at Recon and also with a little bit of a purpose. And that purpose may be to go and prove him wrong. And they may very well, because I don't think his ways are the be all end all, but he has done a lot of really cool things. And um, those were the talks we had.
taking a moment to thank our sponsor, Morty. Morty is a free app for discovering, planning, tracking, and reviewing escape rooms and other immersive social outings. I believe in Morty so much that I have a stake in it as an advisor. I am constantly lurking in the escape room enthusiast group, and I still see people who are asking for the best ways to track their escape rooms played. And my answer is always Morty, use Morty. They have so many features, way more features than just a way to track your escape rooms. So David, what are some of your favorite features that Morty offers? Wish listing. When I can't sleep at night, I will just crack open Morty and look around the country and add games to my wish list. And now that I'm traveling a bit more, I'm actually also starting to cross them off my wish list, which is fun. Your version of late night shopping, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, my favorite feature is plan with friends. This is a lifesaver. So I just check off all of my friends that are on the Morty app. And then what it will do is it'll automatically filter out all of the escape rooms that we've already played. Whatever's left, I'll know that I can book those knowing that none of my friends have played that yet. And it is the most useful feature. You can learn more at mortyapp.com slash repod. That's R-E-P-O-D to sign up and get a special badge for our listeners. Link and details in the show notes. Lisa and I also gave a talk. Oh my God, your talk was so good. Thank you. And very funny, actually. I think that your talk was the funniest and I laughed the most during all of your talks. Thank you very much. I spent a stupid amount of time making all of those jokes land. It was worth it. Thank you for writing talks for me, husband. Thank you for helping deliver them with me, wife. We had a moment of silence for the dearly departed directional lock, which definitely got a laugh. We've now started selling t-shirts in honor of the directional lock. Teresa and I made them. I actually, about 10 minutes before we started recording this episode, got a directional lock in from Amazon. So thank you for that article. There are some still available, but yeah, on the Recon Swag Shop, you can get them now. We'll put a link in the show notes. We have Halo directional lock t-shirts and Horns directional lock t-shirts. Whether you prefer the angel or the devil, really depending upon what your thoughts and feels are about the lock. Or get both, depending on your mood that day, on how the directional lock was utilized in the escape room you had played recently. I'm Team Halo. Like, I love me a good directional lock. <laughs> I'm typically the person with the numbers, and I do have the math on the sales of the directional lock t-shirts, and Team Halo is in the lead by a wide margin. No, that's so upsetting. The As it should be. As Devil it should be. was so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that it wasn't closer to even split, but uh, yes. Anyway, Lisa and I... Our talk was about the player experience, and it turned out it was such a giant topic. We could do a whole conference on that one topic and then still not cover everything. So we dove into the deep end on key points and tried to put out actionable challenges to creators to think about different elements of their game, particularly things that happen before the game and after the game. We actually completely ignored everything about the game in the talk which was both a joke and also 
underscoring the point that the player experience is a lot bigger than the game and that a lot of people ignore the stuff that's on the front and back end of that. Setting expectations, the on-ramping, the off-ramping even, are so important. And it feels like an afterthought for a lot of places. I really liked your talk, and I hope people got a lot of use out of it. I appreciate it. So that was the talks. And the thing that stood out to me from hearing people's feedback, both in the survey and also in person, was that the limited number of talks worked and guaranteeing the quality level worked. And that was what our goal was. We wanted to have fewer speakers and take good care of them and make sure that each time you sat down to listen to someone, you felt like, yes, this is actually where I need to be right now. Because personally, at most conferences I go to, I get more out of hanging out in the hallways, chatting with people than I do from the talks. And I didn't want that to be this. We had some other things there. We had an ARG. The ARG was so much fun. We'll probably do a quick recap of it in the bonus episode. So if you're not a patron, you should consider joining. I felt like in the ARG, you guys utilize a lot of the techniques and principles that David and I talk about all the time that we wish a lot of companies and games would do. And you employed all of these things. And I was very proud <laughs> of everybody involved in the ARG. We really wanted the ARG to reach into different realms of the immersive and puzzle world. So we really wanted every single part to feel different, feel like you're infiltrating a secret society, feel like you're going into rooms that you're not supposed to be in. And the minute you get in realizing, oh my gosh, wait, no, this is part of the game. Or wait, is this not part of the game? And am I actually joining a secret society? Because the answer is really yes, you are in a secret society now, you're stuck. <laughs> what I liked was that it was location dependent. You had to be there. It used parts of the building. There was an actor. I love being able to interact with an actor. You guys also incorporated a photo booth and used this opportunity to create content for social media and create some buzz, which I thought was really smart and clever. Of course, there were fun puzzles and things like that. And there were aspects where you had to try to interact with other people there at the convention. So I just thought you guys used all of these different techniques really well. I want you to know I noticed all of it and I appreciate it. One of our biggest thoughts when we were designing this, as you had mentioned, was that we wanted people to be forced to collaborate in person with each other and not just be able to solve the entire thing solo by themselves. So we put a puzzle in there that required four different people at the convention. And there was no guarantee that it was your friends because it was entirely random upon check-in. So we really wanted people to to meet different folks, find other people across the industry that they never would have met otherwise. The thing I want to call out about the whole ARG experience was that the set, which is now the backdrop in the studio here, it made the journey back to New Jersey and we rebuilt it. It was made by a production designer named Soso, who I met recently and just kind of rolled the dice on and they did such a fantastic job and really turned it all around very quickly. So if you're looking for a production designer, we'll put their LinkedIn information in the show notes. Let's move on to the discussion groups and the workshops. Those both took place on day two. Yeah. So the discussion groups, they were an experiment, to be totally honest. This is basically an unconference structure where 
the attendees at Recon gathered to talk about different subjects that were relevant to them and share knowledge and experience with one another. And it was a huge hit. And the knowledge that was shared was just fantastic. I got to slip into a couple of them. And it's something that we're going to continue to iterate on. We have a lot of thoughts about how to make that a more robust part of Recon. But thanks to our facilitators for that, Richard Burns and Matthew Stein from the Room Escape Artist team, they really made all that come together. And a lot of that also was just how wonderful the attendees were. We're going to need a bigger room next time. That is for sure. The other thing we had were the workshops. We had Marie from Red Fox Escape Room in Boston, and we had Stuart from Trapped in Stamford, Connecticut. Marie gave a whole talk on puzzle design and designing your puzzle flow, and it had all of these different workshop elements where people were going and doing their own little design projects. And Stuart did a workshop on branding and marketing and helping figure out what your brand identity is. And he also had hands-on elements worked into that as well. And they were a big hit. They were also scheduled into people's schedules, which was Lisa's big challenge. I like the puzzle of the schedule. This was the biggest puzzle I had ever done for an event because we were booking people into escape rooms and into workshops and fitting that all together with their preferences and their teammates. And it was crazy, but it worked. And then Brendan built this really cool app so I could see it all on my phone. And so could all of the volunteers. And we knew what people's schedules were. And that was really helpful too. That whole scheduling thing took a while, but it paid off so well during the convention. The app made it even easier. Like everybody knew where they needed to be. We emailed it to them. We printed the name of your escape room team and the name of your 100 Earth Day team on your badge. So you could always walk up to a volunteer and say, this is my team name. When is my game? Where am I supposed to be? Who am I with? And the volunteers and the team had this app so they could tell you. Yeah, it all worked so smoothly. The entire convention ran incredibly smoothly. We didn't even bring that many volunteers with us, and we had not a lot for the volunteers to do because everything went so well. Yeah, so people kept pulling me aside and being like, David, what's the dirt? Tell me about the drama. What's going on that I don't see? Because everything's going really smoothly. And there were little things that were going on, but the only real drama was that the team was bored because things were going so smoothly. They're just weren't fires to put out. So one of the things that we hoped would happen, but honestly, it happened in ways that were way more incredible than we were expecting was the late night socializing. Lobby parties! Lobby parties! <laughs> Basically from 11 o'clock until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, there were people gathered and just having a good time in the hotel lobby. And the lobby party is thanks not to the, even to the recon team. or and We were all too damn tired. Well, it started on <laughs> Thursday before a lot of us were in town with the people who were in town just collecting. They didn't even have badges yet. They were just recognizing nerds and collecting in the lobby and hanging out. <laughs> that was Brett, the welcome puzzle wagon <laughs> in the lobby. Brett came and brought his giant puzzle collection and 
that was actually one of my favorite parts is the day before sitting in the lobby, working on puzzles and just catching people as they're checking into the hotel, as they're showing up. And I have a quote (laughs) from Victor in the Discord, and he says, continuous lobby party was something I didn't know I needed in my life. (laughs) I mean, that's sort of how I felt, especially for the last two nights. Once we were able to mellow out a little bit and just socialize, it was the best time for me to actually go and have real conversations with people. It was one of my favorite parts of the entire event. The hotel staff was so tolerant of us. They're like, who are these nerds? People are sitting around doing puzzles, doing shots. Like, it was crazy. Puzzles in one hand, shots in the other was a common stance. I think I had a shot with bagged wine and good whiskey in it at one point. It was a night. And then all of this kind of wrapped up with PG and... I don't, still don't even know the full story here. Some amount of PG and the recon team conspired to produce a custom recon puzzle box for me and Lisa that she gave to us at the end of the event in front of everybody. It was filled with little cards with people telling us how much they loved recon. And it was... Uh, It was really nice. Thank you, (laughs) PG. I will tell you the story behind all of this. So Richard hits me up one day. He's like, hey, PG, I think we should do like a thank you for David and Lisa to tell them how much we appreciate all of the hard work that you two have put into this event. And I was like, yes, of course, I got you. Absolutely. We should do this. So we're talking about that. And then a couple days later, he's like, I brought Brett aboard. We're going to do a custom puzzle box. We've designed a custom puzzle box for them. And I was like, great, fantastic. And they were like, we're trying to think of what we should put inside. Like, should we give them something else? And I was like, you're already giving them the puzzle box. I was like, what we should put inside are notes from all the attendees. And so this was a whole group effort to get this thing made. And then we're trying to get notes because, you know, it's hard to track down and get people to write these notes because people are there. They're busy. You know, everyone's busy having fun. And we're just like, I'm having a little trouble getting notes. And I'm like, I got this. Don't worry. So (laughs) they give me all the papers. I run around to everyone. And this is my pitch to them is... David and I did a podcast a couple weeks ago where he continuously tried to kill me on this escape room podcast. And I was like, (laughs) my secret revenge for him trying to off me on this audio escape room is I am determined to make him cry on stage at Recon. (laughs) (laughs) She genuinely told this to every single person she gave a card to. (laughs) I went to every single person saying, my goal is to make David cry on stage. This is my one goal at Recon. Will you join me in this? This quest and everyone is like i got you <laughs> so this is how i got everyone to try to write just the sappiest the sweetest messages on this thing and then the worst part is we go to give you guys the box and i'm like my evil plan coming to fruition except that when i start doing the thank you I'm the one that, I'm the one that starts like crying on stage and David is fine. So this entire thing completely backfired on me. <laughs> I was really confused. Lisa and I were both really confused because things were running really behind schedule at level 99. And so I was like trying to signal to you, like wrap it up. And I'm like, what is PG doing? This was and, like, unscheduled. This was yeah, not on the syllabus. Yeah. Although they did clear it with Kate. Yeah, that's it. That's a rule. So Lisa and I were initially just really confused and then we were really overwhelmed and it was delightful. I didn't cry then, but 
I teared up so many times in the hours afterwards. And it was really just the amount of people who were so moved by this whole event, this whole crazy thing that our team produced. And I just wasn't prepared for that emotional response at all. From a lot of attendees, I had people coming up and telling me this is the best convention I've ever been to. And they were like, look at my arm. I have I have chills. I have goosebumps just talking about it. And people were saying this to me. I had other people telling me that they had never felt that they were able to be around as many people that had the same interest. And they're like, I can talk about this for hours. I always worry that I'm going to bore the people around me, you know, and they're like, it felt so good to be here and to feel safe to nerd out about all of these immersive adventures. I had so many folks messaged me beforehand saying, hey, I'm really nervous. I don't know anybody going. I really don't like meeting new people. I don't like talking to people. Do you mind introducing me around? And I was like, if I have time, absolutely. And the people that I had talked to beforehand about this were the people that were up talking to people until 4 a.m. and were the last ones to go to sleep. (laughs) I brought a few of the cards from the box if you want to hear them. Yes, please. I picked just a couple. What Recon means to me, a community of people coming together in support of something bigger than themselves. And that point right there, like, honestly, we put a lot of thought into how we were trying to craft the community that we have. That was where we started with everything is how do we foster the type of social dynamics that we want to have at this Recon and at future Recons. So more than anything, I'm just glad that shined through. Recon is the equivalent of adult summer camp playground wonderland, which (laughs) resonates with me because I was a summer camp kid. I always wanted to go to sleepaway camp and uh, Recon was basically sleepaway camp. (laughs) If you slept, I mean, (laughs) you don't sleep at sleepaway camp. I had no voice for a solid two weeks and my voice is still recovering from the lack of sleep and the amount of talking I did at Recon. I think all of us, all all four of us (laughs) lost our voices after Recon. I lost my voice. I lost my voice in the silliest way. I'll talk about that in the bonus episode. (laughs) What Recon means to me is the chance to meet my heroes and join their conversation. That was sweet. When I read that, that made me cry a little bit. Recon is magic. Thank you, David and Lisa, for bringing good magic to the world. By creating a truly inclusive space, I have met incredible people and seen dreams come true, including mine. Oh. We're taking a moment to thank our sponsor, the World Escape Room Championship, a global competition for escape room players. This year, it is happening virtually, so everyone can compete for free. The elimination round is happening on the 5th of November, and the top 100 teams will go on to compete in the grand finale on the 26th of November. This year's winners each receive a Nintendo Switch. So I know that I always say that I only play escape rooms for the adventure and the storyline, But when I heard about the World Escape Room Championships, the competitive side in me sat up and said, go play this now. (laughs) I was so excited to hear that here's a place where I can let my competitive side run free. There is a huge and really 
underserved side of our community, and that is the competitive side. There are not a lot of venues where truly competitive escape room players can throw down the gauntlet, and World Escape Room Championship is the place to do it. And you can do it for free. I could not believe that there were no entry fees for this. They've also been running these for quite a few years, so they are well-practiced at it and getting better each time. Gather your team of two to four competitors. You must each create an account on erchamp.com. Whether you're in it for fun or you're in it to win it, I wish you luck. You can learn more at erchamp.com details in the show notes. Hi, this is Rachel Arpin from Columbus, Ohio. I remember being nervous about being a misfit at Recon and even introduced myself as an anomaly at first because I come from an academic design angle. But over the course of Recon, I realized we're all coming from amazing perspectives. And I walked away not only with friends, but also ideas that we're going to follow up on and I'm so grateful I went to Recon, and I can't wait for the next one. We had opened up the Repod not-so-hotline, just like we had for the mailbag, and we had a bunch of people call in and leave messages that I've only actually listened to one of them, so I don't know what we're in for right now. But we're just going to go and hit play. I know who they're from. But that is about all that I know. Let's start with the one that I do know. Let's start with Chris Waters. This is Chris Waters from Constructed Adventures. I travel so much I don't have a home. And I just wanted to say how incredible Recon was. You could tell every second of it had been thought through by David, Lisa, and all the incredible people that put it together. The speakers were amazing. The breakout rooms were amazing. The escape rooms, the alternate reality game. I loved the impromptu lobby parties. And most of all, I just loved meeting so many wonderful, creative, incredible, and thoughtful people. Um, I am just so inspired by everything. I cannot wait to see what y'all do next. And I can't wait to be a part of it in any way that I can. So thank you so much. Some of our listeners may recognize Chris Waters was a guest on season three of this podcast. And really is the life of the nerd party. Let me tell you. I was gushing over him after his podcast, and then I hung out with him for like an hour at Recon. I had no idea who he was until he introduced himself to somebody else, and I literally grabbed him and was like, you're Chris from Constructed Adventures, and like, it's the only <laughs> moment all convention, no matter who was there, that I was like fangirling. He's like, Teresa, we're already friends, and you didn't realize my name. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is one of my favorite people in the entire world. He's awesome. <laughs> he really is a delight. Let's listen to the one from Brett Keener. The short version. This year's recon in Boston was fun, and it had terrific talks and let me meet new friends. I also got to meet people in person who I've known for years, but only online. The more rambling version. Uh, recon was the next stage of building an intentional community, ones that's made up of people who find shared joy in escape rooms. It started with the online recons over the past couple of years, and this was the logical evolution. It was an unusual convention in that even though there were people there who sell things, I never got the feeling that was why they were there. I could have a conversation with someone and only later realize they had a product I might be interested in, which often led to a second conversation. 
even though some people had played tens of games and some had played over a thousand, some were speakers or were famous for creating world-class games or were just plain famous, looking at you, PG and NPH, after some initial feelings of, whoa, look over there, um, it never felt like we were that different. Regardless of any of that, I got to play games with people, talk with them about all sorts of topics, and see the shared joy we all feel about being part of this community. My only real regret is that even after several nights talking with people in the lobby until really late, there were still people I didn't get to talk to. Um, so clearly this needs to happen again. Thanks again to the team that created Recon, and I very much look forward to the next one in whatever form that takes. I hate Brett. Oh, gosh. All right. <laughs> Brett, Brett fulfilled your uh, your goal and made me cry. <laughs> I'm melting. Uh, nope. Every yeah. single thing that Brett said resonates so hard. Like, that screwed me up, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Brett. My evil plan <laughs> has came to fruition. <laughs> no, PG, you lose. You didn't tell people on the podcast David should cry. <laughs> it was the secret pre-episode. Come on. <laughs> Let's do Jonathan Driscoll next. Hey, this is Jonathan from Escape Area. If I had to say one thing about Recon is that it was spot on. So Recon was spot on as to where the industry is going at the moment. The recon was spot on as well in making a convention that is good for every type of owner. Anybody that's passionate, everybody was able to learn something. Everybody was able to have fun. Um, they were spot on at, at that. And lastly, spot on at being just having a good balance between having a lot of fun, but also learning a lot at the same time. I mean, the passion from David and Lisa really showed, and they had such an awesome team behind them. I loved it. It was definitely by far the best convention I've been to. I can't wait till next year. There better be one next year. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate everything and everything you're doing for the industry. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear Jonathan saying it's the best convention he's ever been to, because let me tell you, this man goes to a lot of conventions. <laughs> He really does. That means a lot. And Jonathan is the type of owner. He's going to be a guest on this season. He's our guest from Canada, him and his partner, Sasha. And they're operating at the top end of this industry. And they're doing really incredible things. And they're the type of folks who we wanted to make sure they wouldn't be bored at a convention like this. And hearing that, it means a lot. And I look forward to everyone hearing our interview with them because they're really interesting folks. Let's cue up the Catterwalls. Hi, Escape friends. I'm Katie. And I'm Jesse. We're the Catterwalls. We live near Atlanta, Georgia right now, but in our college days, we lived in Boston across the river from the Recon Hotel. It was fun to be back. We came to Recon because of this podcast, which has become one of the best resources for designing local multiplayer experiences, our favorite. Recon was a live extension of what we love about Repod. Plus, we got to play some unique games with new friends. Thank you very much to the whole Room Escape Artist team. Thanks. You're so welcome. Thank you. One of my favorite little moments at Recon was at level 99, I saw the two of them between games and I was like, hey, can I join you? And we ran around level 99 for like 20, 30 minutes playing various rooms together and that was just a lot of fun for me. I hope that you both enjoyed that as much as I did. Jesse bought Recon for Katie as a surprise. 
And so Cindy, who answers all the emails to the recon inbox, Cindy says to me, somebody bought two tickets, but one of them is a surprise. So we can't get the email address of the second ticket holder yet. And I'm a person with systems and a plan and a registration form. And I was like, it can't be a surprise for someone. This is breaking everything. And Cindy was like, don't worry, I'll handle it. I will deal with any sort of thing that comes into this inbox and make it work for them so they can have the experience that they want to have. And I was like, okay, Cindy, you figure this one out. And she did. Cindy is our hero. Running that inbox is a job that Lisa and I just could not do. And she's sort of an unsung hero of both the Room Escape Artist team and the Recon team. And she works miracles. That's the thing. Most other conventions would not have accommodated that request. They'd just been like, sorry, our system won't accommodate that. Like, too bad. And to be honest, I have never been that way in the Room Escape Artist inbox or the tours. I've accommodated everything. And this recon pushed me to the point where I was like, I know why people say that. I can't accommodate. I have reached my accommodation limit <laughs> and I'm done. And But then we have people helping us like Cindy who are like, no, I want to accommodate. I'll figure this out. Yeah. Okay, let's do Scott Levy. Hey, Escape Room friends. This is Scott Levy from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I just had to call in and thank the recon team for such an amazing, memorable experience. It had so many moving parts, so I, I can't imagine how hard it was to pull off. So congrats. Um, and as far as the event, the escape rooms, the talks, Boda Borg, Level 99, all amazing. But the thing that I'll remember most is just hanging out in the lobby with fellow creators and amazing inspirational people and learning just like me. None of us really know what the hell we're doing. I mean, obviously they do. They're, they came out wrong. They're, they're very talented people and uh, they're great. But I'm just saying we're all in this together. We're all trying to figure it out. We're all throwing ideas and money and passion at a wall and hoping to create something cool. So Anyway, thank you for that, and I can't wait for the next one. It's funny. Imposter syndrome is a real thing in this industry. Yeah, it really is. Everyone has it, and it's partially because there's so many different ways that you can be good at things, and no matter how good you are at this and that, then that you go and you play and see something that someone else made, and they're doing something completely different from what you are, and you're like, oh, I want to be able to do that. So everybody is inspired by and also feeling like an imposter next to somebody. Scott is opening one of the most ambitious things I've heard of in a long time, and I'm so excited to see what this ends up being. Lisa and I saw it under construction. We actually um, sat in the lobby of what will be his facility for a very long time when our flight was delayed and we were just waiting in Phoenix, and Scott was like, come to my escape room and hang out and play games until your flight leaves. So it is an escape room. Yeah, it will be an escape room. But it's like a whole world. It's one big cyberpunk world. And what they have already constructed looks really cool. Can't wait to see it. They're going to be in Phoenix, Arizona, not far from the airport. And then we have one more, Will Rutherford. This is Will Rutherford from Escape Artist in Greenville, South Carolina, and I have a complaint. You're calling Recon a conference, but I would disagree. It was way too much fun to be called a conference. So I considered the term party, but it was too well organized for that. A meeting, perhaps. No, too informative. Cabal? Nah, 
people were too friendly. Listen, you got a real problem on your hands here, and I'm going to have to buy a ticket for next year just to see how you sort this all out. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best one to close it out. Teresa's face when he said he had a complaint was so funny. I was appalled. I was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, I do want to add that complaints are fine and we yes. are reading through all of the feedback in the post-event survey so that we can learn from it. And there are legitimate complaints that are really interesting. And I think that the team is excited to figure out how to make things even better. No, we love constructive criticism over here. But when you say you have a complaint and you took the time to call in and make this complaint over audio on a podcast... I don't know. (laughs) So we'll raise the question of what's coming up next year. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, what I will say is there were a number of different lessons learned and the things that we're going to work on. Going to rattle off a few of them real quick, just because we don't think what we made was perfect. There's a lot of things that we want to continue to hone. And the team has sat down and done a massive amount of analysis and we have a long list of things we're working on improving because we're celebratory but we're also pretty self-critical and so some of them we've already mentioned like we want to make the discussion groups the birds of a feather more robust we want to really round out the sponsor experience and make our sponsors easier to find we won't be scheduling individual escape rooms into people's schedules at recon in the future If you want that, come on one of our tours. Our tours are a blast, but they were sort of an artificial limiting factor that caused a lot of complexity. And also, don't know that I loved the effect of sending people out of the conference in the middle of it all. And that was a big experiment and one that we probably just aren't going to revisit. But we also know that Our audience is smart and capable, and Canon will schedule themselves into the escape rooms that they want. And then the last thing is that, um, PG, I'm really sorry. We botched your script really badly, and that was not your fault. That was our fault. And you did a really nice job of rolling with that. What was wrong with it? Just we didn't have timings and things. And yeah, there were just some miscommunications. You really made it work. But yeah, we that was underbaked. We also didn't have the <laughs> optimal mic set up for you. We learned a lot about producing in real life. I have some ideas on how to optimize things like Q&A time and just to get things rolling faster and smoother. <laughs> we'll be working on that. So let's talk about what was everybody's favorite part of this recon. Can I go first? Because I feel like we skipped over a really cool part, which was our special guest. How did we get this far into the podcast and not talk about our surprised guest speaker? Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris. Who's also been a guest on this podcast. Yes. Hi, Neil. I know you listen. So surprise to everybody, we had Neil Patrick Harris come in, who is a big fan of escape rooms, immersive experiences, and of this podcast. And he had written in and said that he was interested in attending. And and then he attended. Yeah, he asked if he could help out. And we asked him if he wanted to be the opener, which was really just introducing David and my keynote. And said, yes. he did an imitation of me that was hilarious and that I was not ready for. 
All right, I'm just going to now introduce the people that are the main reasons that we're here. He has the most amazing podcast. They both do. I love his voice, David's voice. It's like the most soothing voice. For es- I want to do an escape room with David someday because it's like ASMR. He'd be like, I just found a four-digit combination lock. Oh, and listen to the... Listen to the tumblers tumbling. Mm, that's fantastic. Yeah, talk about spot on. It was so good. I guess this man gets paid to imitate other people, so that makes sense. Yeah, and the reason why I didn't want us to bring Neil up too early in the podcast is that I wanted this bit of conversation, especially for people who weren't in attendance. I wanted people to hear about this if they were really committed to the show. And because I don't really want people coming to Recon expecting Neil to be there and coming for Neil or anything like that, because he's a busy guy. He has a busy schedule. There's no guarantee he's going to be at any future Recons, but he was incredible. And the thing that was so amazing for me as a conference organizer to see was that Neil was, he was there. He was just an attendee, an attendee that a lot of people wanted to take selfies with. But he was there to learn, to participate in discussions, to meet people and to play games. Oh, he was a class act. Like he sat on the bus with all the rest of us to the events. He went out and played the rooms. I know he was running around level 99 and Bodeborg with different groups and hopping in and playing with everybody. He was just so friendly and so easygoing. Yeah. So Neil, thanks again. My favorite part was when the four people named Rachel found each other in the lobby and they were just genuinely excited to meet other people who were into this. And it was just a bonus that they all had the same name and they were from different places. Everyone who was there will forever remember the gathering of the Rachels. So my favorite thing that came out of Recon was that for the ARG, which I had a hand in, I saw so many people running around playing the ARG together that I was positive have never met in their lives, knew nothing about each other, were not on escape room teams together, were not on 100 Earth Days teams together, and were not in the same workshops. And they were forced to work together for the ARG, and then they all shared contact info, and I saw this with so many groups of people that we brought together unintentionally, and it was just so cool to see random people running around trying to join a secret society together. (laughs) And Teresa knows for a fact that none of those people were grouped together because she did all of the schedule QA, and that was a huge job. It was a necessary job, but it was exhausting. (laughs) So then my favorite moment that I was part of at Recon was one of the lobby parties at night. I know we keep talking about these, was that Anne from CU Adventures had grabbed me and pulled me to a corner. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And she was like, Haley from Strange Bird Immersive is giving out feathers and we don't have feathers. And supposedly Haley was running a little secret puzzle hunt to give out feathers from the Raven Queen. But we did not understand how to do this. And we came up with this whole plot to be good cop, sad cop. And I would go up and be really (laughs) sad. And she would go up and be really, like, happy to get a feather. Yeah, watching the two of you bully Haley into giving you feathers was quite funny. I still have that feather on my desk right now. (laughs) I am not surprised. (laughs) My favorite part was, of course, the lobby parties. 
But also at one point during the lobby party, I finally found David and I was like, hey, David, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And he turns to me and he goes, I feel like I'm high. And I, he, goes, <laughs> he goes, I'm not high, but I feel like I am. <laughs> I don't even remember saying that to you. Because you were high. <laughs> For me... My favorite part was particularly in the lobby parties, but also throughout the conference, I had reached a point very early on where I had realized I was never going to be able to meet everybody. So I started trying to have a good conversation with everyone I could. And I tried to spend like a solid five to 10 minutes with anyone and everyone I could bump into, whether I knew them or whether I had not. And those conversations were a really special, intimate moment for me. And there's so many of them. But the one that really jumped out to me was Emma Liddell, who gave me the biggest hug at the end of all of this and shared a lot of thoughts and feels. And that was a truly special moment for me. And there were so many of them, but that's just the one that's popping into my head right now. But yeah, it was a gathering of people. And that was the thing more than anything. It was just all of those interpersonal moments were so special. I think what made it special was that you could tell the creation is always a reflection of the creators. It's really a reflection of your values and your personalities and what you put into it. And you put a lot of yourselves into it. And so I think that's part of what made it so inclusive and so magical. Thank you. We should talk a little bit about what's coming next. So I can't make any announcements yet. When we are ready to make an announcement, and we will be hopefully in the next few months, we're going to do a live stream. Lisa and I are going to explain to you what's coming up, where it's coming, what the vision for that is going to be. And that is something that we're really excited to share with you. And we're putting a lot of time. We thought we were going to be taking this month off from recon, but we've been working almost as hard as we were in the lead up to it. My life has not changed, it turns out. <laughs> yeah. But for anybody who was concerned, David and I did eat ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had ice cream yet. What is this? <laughs> When we're too busy to eat ice cream, it means we're too busy working on recon. So the fact that David and I ate ice cream means that we were able to relax a bit. It's true. Kate, who runs the whole recon team, has like the Lisa and David ice cream index. And yeah, she uses this to go and see if we're too stressed out or too busy. So if David is like, get me a triple chocolate scoop with chocolate chips and a fudge ribbon and, and chocolate syrup, then we know he's at max stress level. Is that how it works? No, actually, it's the opposite. It's if we are too busy, then we won't go out and get any ice cream. So when we have things under control and we are less stressed, then we will go out and get that incredible thing that you just described. Wow, this I feel like this goes against everything I always thought I knew about how ice cream worked and operated. I'm just going to start <laughs> shipping crates of ice cream to your house when I know you have deadlines coming up. I'm not going to say no to that. Perfect. It's going to be melted, but it'll be funny. <laughs> I'm just going to put a stamp on a carton. 
No, no, there are <laughs> services that will ship them properly so they don't melt. I may know a thing or two about this. But it's also funnier if you get a melted, empty carton of ice cream. That's, that's just going to stress me out more. <laughs> I'm going to laugh. You're going to be stressed. It's going to be great. Teresa, Lisa, thank you both for joining us. Thank you to the entire Recon team, our volunteers, our speakers, everyone who helped make Recon happen, and everyone who attended. We appreciate you all. We cannot wait to host another one. And we are very excited that we are kicking off season four of the Reality Escape Pod. We hope you enjoy what we have produced and what is coming over the next few months. The Reality Escape Pod is produced by Lisa Spira, edited by Steve Ewing of Stand Inside Media, and brought to you by RoomEscapeArtist.com, your home for well-researched, rational, and reasonably humorous escape room and immersive gaming content and events. This podcast is supported by a Patreon. If you've been enjoying our content, we would really appreciate if you became a patron. We have a really robust community. That's my favorite part of the Patreon are the discussions in the Discord channel. And David and I have also recorded bonus episodes. These are usually recorded right after our main episode. And these are more casual conversations about the escape room industry at large. So please come join us. We also have other perks for higher levels. We have a spoilers club as well, where we do recap walkthroughs of your favorite escape rooms, including all the spoilers. We'd like to take a moment to thank our highest tier patrons. Derek Tam, Breakout Games, Jonathan Driscoll, Rex Miller, Paula Swan, Scott Olson, and Byron Delmonico. Additionally, we have a brand new patron who has entered these ranks. It's Pat Dupin of Olivier Escape. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon community. So we're talking about the lobby parties. And so you guys know, for these parties, we have rearranged the furniture of this entire lobby to our liking. People have brought in crates and coolers of booze. And we were basically making a giant mess every night until 4 a.m. And a bunch of us are standing around talking about how we can't believe that the hotel is letting us get away with this. And then somebody had said, well, you know, actually the manager said, you guys have been wonderful to host. We get parties for every conference, but your group has been just about the cleanest group. You guys clean up after yourselves. You put all the furniture back where it belongs afterwards. We were so happy to host you. And Anne Lukeman from CU Adventures goes, well, we're certainly a group that knows how to reset a room properly. <laughs> <laughs>